I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we're finishing up our look at Itmon with not the Donnie Yen Itmon movies, but another kind of take on the, the Itmon almost myth at this point, it feels like. <laughs> right. um, and that is 2013's The Grandmaster, which is directed by Wong Kar Wai and stars Tony Lung as Itmon. Yeah, God, this was such a treat. Uh, we talked a little bit about it on the last episode, and I think this was the first time that Matthew and I saw the movie. Is that right? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> and um, boy, I—I I mean, I've been so eager to see this uh, since. I mean, since it was announced years ago, and this is yeah, this was just a, a total thrill and a really special way to cap off this uh, Ipmon series. The the contrast between the approaches of these two, I guess, streams of fil- film or cinema or whatever. In some ways, they couldn't be more different. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I just love them both um, for, like, for their differences. Yeah, I really wanted to cap this series off with this film because I knew how special it was. And I was super excited to uh, share this movie with you guys. It's like, it's like magic, man. It's like kind of like... It um, really is. This like... In a lot of ways, it's like kind of pretentious in a way, but I think it works. <laughs> you know, like well, it's. Like, I, I think there's yeah, there's something about Wong Kar Wai's filmmaking where I totally understand why mm. it draws in more like highbrow critics, like a magnet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to me, it doesn't. Uh, it never quite crosses the line into into pretension, and I think with almost all of his films, there's like this sumptuous, sensual like sexual quality that's that's just captivating and stunning and i couldn't believe that like that was all all here in this film as well um yeah i know he had said for years that he had kind of dreamt mm. of making a, a martial arts film um but it wasn't until he kind of honed in on this story that he finally felt kind of prepared to do that but wow okay that that kind of makes sense because i could definitely it felt like obviously it has it's about a martial artist and it has a lot of martial arts fights and stuff in it but it doesn't quite feel like a kung fu movie in the way that we're used to seeing with the other movies it feels a lot more like a drama with kung fu fight scenes in it Mm. you know which isn't a bad thing it's just different and i can tell it has a very different feel to definitely to the itmon the and yeah um, even when we're inside of a fight he's really kind of reinventing the the cinema language for totally how, how those fights work and yeah i think depending on on your expectations i could see some of that being frustrating i could see some of that being sublime honestly um but it's it's <laughs> I really just wasn't daring. expecting it i yeah, think if i, I had totally known that you. going into it then i probably would have uh i probably would have i enjoyed the film a lot more the second time when i watched it because it kind of i kind of had a better idea of what i was what sure. i was watching yeah you kind of know what it like what it's aiming for or whatever Mm -hmm. for me i i remember hearing him talking to somebody about the film and they were kind of questioning him kind of going to a more violent film because like he had become known for these kind of personal stories kind of i i think of movies like that symbolize hong kong like 
Hong Kong like being a central character and people and their relationships with one another and the drama that comes with that. And he had originally done like some more like kind of action-y gangster-y Yeah, like kind of crime films. Yeah. Yeah, very like very early early movies. Yeah. So this interviewer kind of questioned him about going back to something like this and he was quick to say that this is like about the beauty of kung fu and seeing that in this film and hearing him say that it's like totally true like if we've seen like you know lao garlong and these films where this about the spirit of martial arts and kind of like the exploitation movies we've seen that's like about the revenge and the shock of it all i think wong kar wai really pushed forward the beauty and even when these uh, people are fighting each other even w- with these interactions the way he uses high speed camera and the way he handles the atmosphere and and low fights. speed camera really is like right. a huge yeah. part of the movie it's just it's just like for me it's like another level like yeah. <laughs> i think it's like yeah, there's touches in the movie that kind of remind me of the matrix there's touches that really feel like um Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I was, I literally had that in my notes. Yeah, right. yeah, but for me, like, just the overall package of this film is like perfect. It's yeah, it's it's, it's almost yeah, like yeah, if really the good. maybe the Ip Man films are like like a com like comic book or comic right. strip or something. Like this is a poem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and I don't mm-hmm. think yeah that's not an insult to those. Other yeah, films not not either. at all. It's They're like, just but it's different like different mediums almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The Wilson Yip Itmon movies are definitely more, more like kind of popcorny, I guess. Mm. Uh, especially the the latter ones, where sure, it's yeah. a lot more like you know, hey, here's a clear villain. Here's the you know Itmon doing his thing and beating up a whole bunch of dudes, right? And still and done at like is, a high level. I mean, it's sort of yeah. like, um, yeah, maybe like uh, like the recent Mission Impossible films, like over here in the states, like. I think are executed at an extremely high level, um, but it satisfies like kind of a classic action adventure. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just what that would look like in the 21st century. Um, yeah. Where, yeah, the Grandmaster is much more of like an impressionist, impressionistic, you know, art house uh, cinema kind of mm. thing. Yeah. Which is funny because as we'll get into in the movie itself, it's actually more kind of magical realism than the Itmon movies are, I think. And like there's I, a lot yeah, more yeah. stuff, I, a lot I, more like people floating that. and flying around mm-hmm. than there is with the Wilson Yip ones. And I think another thing that we kept bringing up, maybe I kept bringing up with the other Itmon films is that they were kind of steering away from the true story of Ipman and kind of mm-hmm. playing around with that. Where I think this movie is like totally away from all of that. All you really know is about Ipman and his life and his wife and then being separated and his life in Hong Kong. But everything else they're doing here is just they're just playing in a playground like where it's like we're just going to do right. whatever we want. But the way that it's delivered to you, for me at least, it's like so well done that it's like so earned and like i just was like yeah Yeah. you can do whatever you want now because it's it's (laughs) well and i think like a lot of his filmmaking it's like like if you look at 
in the mood for love. It's not as though uh, you would you'd put that in like the form of a romantic novel and it would be some kind of uh, page turner. I mean, you're incredibly invested in the characters and what you would call the story, but it really, my obsession with that movie has more to do with the tone and almost like the mm. musicality of the filmmaking and the images and the editing. And that's definitely here in The Grandmaster. I, I mean, mm. I think in some ways they, they're they not taking that many historical liberties, but it's just they don't fill in those time periods with a whole lot of plot, to be honest. It's not there aren't many details to the plot a, at all. It's not really about that. Um, it's more focused on the themes of these individuals, uh, what they've dedicated their life to and what that might mean. And essentially how to kind of interpret that uh visually and it's yeah almost more like a like a painter like you know freezing a moment in time and you hope that that image speaks for uh something like grander about that person Mm. Um, yeah i'm glad you mentioned uh you know editing and stuff like that because he's known to collaborate with uh, i mean actors just as well as uh production crew so william chang is a guy that uh, Wong Kar Wai has worked with for many years and he's yeah his like, editor yeah he's the editor he's also costume design he's he's like kind Dang. of this magic um <laughs> spice that um Wong Kar Wai has he also works with what's the other guy's name Christopher Doyle well, Christopher Doyle like the greatest cinematographer, cinematographer ever yeah, yeah. unfortunately he, yeah, they haven't collaborated yeah. in in several years but um right and he doesn't work on this film actually right. the uh, cinematographer is Philip Lassord, um, who um, I'm not as familiar with, but um, you can't deny that the work in this film is just the top. Like, you can't really mm. compare yeah, to anything. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's worth pointing out that it was it was nominated for uh, Academy Award for Best Cinematography and Ooh. Best Costume Design. Oh, right. Well, there you go. Yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> which it didn't win, but Best Cinematography that year was won by Gravity. And, I, you know, that's that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> right. Gravity's a really well-shot movie. <laughs> and it's also kind of amazing whenever uh, an international film gets nominations and uh, categories outside of yeah. internet, the best international film yeah yeah that definitely shows you that there's uh there's something to it yeah mm-hmm. now one thing i was curious about curious about carlos um is this cut of the movie is this the only version that you've uh that it, you've seen yeah it is i got okay. the domestic release so um yeah i know there are two versions of the film one's like kind of like 10 or 20 minutes longer i think there are like three because there was one oh really i think it premiered at the berlin film festival and that was 123 minutes and then there's a chinese version that's 130 minutes Ooh, okay but it sounds like Wong Kar Wai was actually pretty proud of the american cut mm. of the film and i and- know that the film even after the film was done they spent like i i want to say like a year just editing the movie Wow. So yeah, this movie took a long time to come out. <laughs> yeah, I think we had like it. It Man one and two came out within the time of just yeah. this film. <laughs> you have to imagine that stole some of the the thunder, especially you know when you get to the close of the film, they're driving home the same point, which is uh, yeah. witness how important It Man was and to spreading <laughs> Wing Chun and. Um, I suppose they they do feel a little late to the party um, with 
Donnie's films haven't come out like <laughs> like you're saying. But um, didn't um, didn't Tony Lung like suffer a really big injury? Yeah. Um, so what I read was during his practice, he he did a lot of training and preparation for this role, and he was actually training with some uh, Shaolin monks, and it was something like he kind of surprised whoever he was sparring with, with like kind of like a quick attack and they reacted instinctively and they broke his arm. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, um, production was kind of delayed, uh, while he healed up, but. Oh man. Yeah. yeah don't, don't mess with the monks. There's, you shared with us that cool, uh, behind the scenes feature and mm. they show some footage of uh jung Ti training and that looks pretty brutal like her trainer is almost like forcing her into these splits and stuff um, yeah you get this uh peking opera school vibes from, from <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 definitely um yeah that's that's a fun thing too is jung jeng z we get to see in the pocket yeah we haven't seen her a, since a glor- course, the- glorious return really once she yeah. enters the movie and i love how wang kar wai kind of creates almost a ceremony of you feel this anticipation before you you see her character mm-hmm. she kind of dominates the film once she's there oh, yeah. um it yeah. kind of becomes her film totally. about three quarters of the way through of course we saw her in her big breakout role in crouch dagger and dragon yeah also by a Yung-Woo while Ping. ago that episode yeah, was a while yeah. ago right right um not only yeah. is it Yung Woo ping that's involved but it's a lot of the yun clan that we yeah, did. So Yun Wu Ping, Yun Shen Yi, and Yun Chen Yan all work on the film, including uh Tony Ling Chihua. He uh helped with the action as well. Oh man, so so cool. And also I, I love the the role that they give uh uh Yun Wu Ping at the end <laughs> Is, of the film. Isn't that it's, great? <laughs> oh, oh my man. gosh, I kinda teared up a little bit. He it's yeah, so <laughs> cool. <laughs> he, so he has yeah, a cameo. He's like, it plays Ipman's master and there's this yeah. cool flashback. Yeah, Wong Kar Wai is very free with the time in certain in certain spots in the film and uh, it's really. It seems like it's towards the end of Ipman's life that he starts reflecting about his youth and when he first learned martial arts. And there's a little actor playing the young Ipman, and yeah, he's like standing before Yun Wuping in this <laughs> ceremony. It's oh, it was so cool. <laughs> yeah, I love whenever you get glimpses of the Yun clan. Like uh, in Kung Fu Hustle, uh, Yun Chung Yan plays yeah. the the part of that kind of like beggar Kung Fu master. That's oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into the movie, but first, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. Throughout the storied history of martial arts, there's always been a horizontal line dividing the world into North and South. When a master from the North presents the South with his retirement and successor, Wing Chun Master It Man stands at the gate to inherit the future of Kung Fu. There's a gold pavilion filled with masters ready to test Itman, but nothing can prepare him for the dance of the 64 hands and the woman that wields them. Wong Kar Wai shares his vision of a legendary Itman. Look at the beauty of Kung Fu, starring Zhang Ji, Max Zhang, and Tony Lung. This is the Grand Master. I lost my notes. Where are my notes? There are my notes. No, it's deleted. No. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's almost fitting because there's. I feel like there's a lot of like the plot's pretty straightforward, and then there's just a lot of the film is a lot of exposition for two minutes, and then five minutes of pretty shots. Oh, yeah, man. totally. And honestly, like just reviewing the plot, I don't think will give you a very good taste for what it feels. <laughs> it feels like to watch the movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, this movie, I feel like I, uh, not that the rip that you got was bad, Carlos. Don't want you to think that. <laughs> That's fine. But I would I really like to, I would love to see this movie in HD and on like a big screen. Yeah. Because oh, I yeah. feel like there's a lot of really beautiful shots that would look even more beautiful if they didn't look, like a lot of the stuff looked kind of dark and mm-hmm. very, very yellowy. And I just feel like maybe that would look better in a, in a high def situation. I do yeah. think that, yeah, the palette of the film is pretty dark but um yeah i don't know i I, i'm kind of into it (laughs) it it makes the scenes like later in the film where it's like the funeral scene like how it's so stark white that's actually that was literally the scene that made me think i wish i could watch this in in a full hd on a big screen yeah perfect perfect yeah we'll have to like import um (laughs) import the japanese blu-ray or something get that long cut too Mm-hmm. but yeah there's a really cool like a a lot of the scenes like emphasize kind of this amber color um mm. and that's yeah it really just kind of uh stays with you but uh i remember when the movie was promoted it was almost exclusively focusing on the opening sequence that we have which is tony fighting in the rain with this what i it, i think it could become like an iconic white hat um <laughs> it's really yeah. an incredible sequence um and it also uh immediately puts you into Wong Kar Wai's world in terms of the timing, the editing, and just the very unique feel to this action. I could I could absolutely see this being a divisive scene if you're just eager for some for some straight up uh kung fu. But I think it's also really important that to yeah, for him to kind of like plant his flag early. And what what you experience are these uh quick cuts uh that are are almost like nature photography or something. It's so close mm. on these like puddles of rain. Um, and then you're back to these wide shots and then you're in on, on close-ups. And he utilizes a lot of like post-production slow motion, like mm-hmm. stuff that was like shot at 24 frames and it's it's slowed down. And actually it seems like there are some sequences that were maybe even shot on like 12 frames a second or something. Um, because it's you want to yeah try to focus on it it's like no the motion actually seems like like a normal like normal walk or something speed but yeah anyway so really yeah just interesting collage of of visuals and it's all with this incredible heavy rain i mean some of the heaviest movie rain i think i've ever seen (laughs) yeah it's kind of ridiculous and there's like they're kicking up these huge puddles and stuff just splashing everywhere and you can definitely see you can feel a lot of the Yoon Wooping-ishness in this too because like as he's kicking people they're like flying straight back and there is so much destroyed scenery in this movie it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> like there's so many times where people get kicked into stuff and it just breaks or shatters it's pretty cool the thing I re- yeah the thing I really like though is that Wong Kar Wai pays attention to the small details when it comes to things yeah, like that absolutely. so like especially in this scene you'll see like somebody kick a pillar but it'll like slow-mo show the damage of the pillar or um i really like just when ipman is kind of spinning around there's like tight shot on the brim of his hat with the rain cascading off of it or 
you know, his long coat kind of spinning around. I just think that looks really cool and it adds to the atmosphere really well. Yeah, shortly uh, during this fight, you get kind of a dude bust out of a window, like <laughs> falling down onto the ground, which yeah. is really absurd. Um, it's like a boss from Streets of Rage or something. Yeah, totally. And he's like an um, actual MMA fighter, right? Yeah, his this name guy? is Kung Lee. And um, he's he's been in some uh, film roles, but yeah, he's, he's like a well-known MMA fighter. And actually, I'm not super into MMA, but um, I'm drawn to like, kind of interesting fighters and he was known as a really strong striker so um you know with mma you'll see a lot of grappling and stuff yeah, and on the it ground. always turns into just wrestling yeah but a lot of his highlights are of him doing like really nice kicks and uh spinning back fists and stuff and so yeah we do have uh, some incredible kicks here coming at mm-hmm. tony and in the behind the yeah. scenes feature <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because uh, now I'm thinking of Tony surprising that monk, but Wong Kar Wai basically um, surprised Tony with uh, who was going to be portraying this villain. He had no idea it was going to be, you know, like a <laughs> champion martial artist. And we should say that this is really Tony's first uh, martial arts role, really. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he had been in, you know, films with action and gunplay and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, past, he's a but, yeah. pretty prominent guy in uh, Hard Boiled. He's like, yeah, the, yeah, big, that's the, where the I double, remember the, him from. Yeah, the, that, that's the only thing I had seen with him in it. Yeah, he's almost like the the a- avatar for for Wong Kar Wai. Uh, you know, right. he's the lead and um, yeah, several of his uh, several of his films. So it it just it just feels right here that he's he's leading the movie. And I've got to say, I mean, I think he does an incredible incredible job. Um, all that that training, I think, really really paid off because i mean we can't help but you know compare his portrayal to donnie yen's Mm -hmm. portrayal and donnie yen is maybe the greatest living one of the greatest living um you know screen fighters and (laughs) uh you know this film coming out after uh did you say after the first two ipman films yeah you know you imagine all these audiences are going to be comparing tony to donnie and um it real yeah i don't think he ever lets lets the action in this movie down i think it's really great right and i wonder how much they paid attention to the ipman films because i i'd say that he's characterizing ipman uh differently as well he's yeah, kind of yeah very differently more he he's kind of got a wise guy air about him but he's yeah. still very serious at the same time well and there's or, still um, some of those like confucian kind of values and oh yeah not really trying to disrespect someone but i've got to say yeah there's it's maybe a little bit more of a, a three-dimensional person even though you know he speaks very little i mean and it's very much like the Wong Kar Wai style it's it's not all that heavy on dialogue um, but the dialogue that we do have uh you could almost hang on your wall some of these lines um i think yeah this movie might be beautiful. one of the most quotable movies that i've seen in a long time <laughs> yeah but yeah people speak in these maxims where it's like i think in some ways um donnie's portrayal or the the portrayal that's devised kind of in those movies, like he's supposed to be kind of just represent more like kind of classic heroic values. And there's something about what Tony and Wong Kar Wai have done here where it's, you're, you're really kind of curious about who Ipman is. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like in Wilson and Donnie's films, it's like, you kind of, it's like, Oh, I, I understand who this guy is like almost immediately. And I really like him, you know? So this scene culminates with uh, 
kind of a shadowy group watching this fight. And what you find out is that there's a master from the north. His name is Gong Yutian. He's like an elderly master and they're kind of um, checking out Ip Man. And basically what you have in this film is kind of a passing of the torch where uh, yeah. Gong Yutian's coming down from the north and he wants to basically challenge Ip Man to see if he's worthy to be the successor of martial arts in China. So it's kind of this north and south play, but it becomes this more like philosophical take on uh, the idea of martial arts. Yeah, and the and idea like, of like legacy and also, yes. um, and really, I guess, questioning the, the kind of human separations that, that come about, uh, especially this is in the wake of, uh, or at this point in the movie, it's kind of, just before the Japanese occupation. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's like Master Gong from the North. He seems to really be advocating for some kind of unification. And yeah, that's a really kind of important theme in the film. Uh, oh, another thing that I really like about the, the opening sequence is it intercuts kind of dreamily with uh, this conversation that Itman's having with, you don't even know who. It's like yeah. he's drinking in a tavern or something. And yeah, I just, <laughs> I love just the kind of like lyrical, dreamy, um, like kind of difficult to pin down feeling of like time in the movie. And that, that happens quite a lot. You know, some of it, I kind of wonder if it wasn't a result of the like American edit that maybe certain things were kind of combined and, and truncated to try to use as, as much of that footage as you can. There's a really interesting button um, just before the credits, that's almost a little confusing where you get this um, this quick montage of like action footage yeah. um, from earlier in the film. And it's it's scenes that you didn't really we didn't really see. Um, right. And I, yeah, so I, I don't know. I think moments like that and supposedly like a lot of the title cards that like outline plot that was kind of all done for the American edition Ooh, okay. of the movie yeah hmm. yeah that whole uh kind of supercut at the end of the film almost reads like a preview of like what the next movie is gonna be like <laughs> yeah, yeah it's really kind yeah. of it's kind of interesting but i think it's it's like whole scenes that were pretty much not in this um in the like the american version yeah right um, so it's like and an you see, to see them yeah you see kung lee playing a character in that scene as well and he yeah. only really shows up in the beginning rain fight that's kind of interesting. But um yeah, so Gong Yutian he um basically tells everyone that he's named his successor and his name is Ma San and this is a familiar face. <laughs> Max Zhang, yeah. So yeah, he just gets saw him to last episode. play this kind of antagonist again in this film. Like we saw him last episode. He's way more evil in this one though. Oh yeah. And yeah. he he's and he has really this gray good. hair, it looks really yeah. cool. So the next thing that Master Gong says is that he wants to have like a demonstration between the North and the South. And um, Ip Man is going to be representing the South. This is my like my favorite uh, stretch of maybe like just straight out story in the movie. And the idea is that Ip Man has to go around to all of the Southern masters and kind of almost get their blessing to represent the South. Um, yeah. But in order to do that, they want to pass on um, something really important about their own style and so yeah on paper i feel like this would be just kind of a simple montage of going from school to school yeah um but it's it's all in this kind of very fluid kind of dreamy wong kar wai style and um 
yeah, I, I just, <laughs> I really like how, really like how each of these sequences are, are, are done. We should say that um, in the early part of the movie, this brothel location is like really important. That's where the, that's where Master Gong, the Northern Master, kind of, you know, asks for this, for this fight between uh, North and South. And it's also where Ipman, or like, yeah, it gets a little bit of like a Bangwa lesson. And then mm-hmm. there's, yeah, there's, and it has an elevator. <laughs> yeah, it was the first elevator. It was the first in elevator in Foshan, which I, uh, yeah, that's that's. Such, I mean, that's a really that really gives you a good sense of like the time and that it, you mm-hmm. know it was it was important enough to get an elevator installed. You know, yeah, it's, totally. Exist. It's just it's just again like you're saying that attention to detail. Like when I first saw it, I was like, that's that's kind of a funny thing to say, <laughs> yeah. but that's with a lot of stuff in this movie is a lot of uh, little little things that kind of build the the world. Yeah, totally. And there's something uh, about this brothel that's like a little. Um, there's a there's some voiceover narration that Ipman describing it when you first um, when you first kind of step step in there or spend spend some time there, and he talks about basically like the high class gentlemen and like the scoundrels are kind of all there at once. Um, Enter a prince, exit a pauper. You'd spend money like water. It was like a social club for martial artists. Good men can be found among rogues. Oh, like you yeah. said, there's a lot of really good lines. <laughs> and I guess that's worth it's worth noting. The I couldn't find any voice actors for the dub, but the dub's not bad. Oh, like cool. it, it's really, I didn't it's, listen to the dub again. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Uh, okay. The dub is in the subtitles are almost exactly what's in the dub. So it's, oh, not, great. it's not far off. Oh, we should um, the, also mention that this movie is in Mandarin. Yeah, I noticed yeah, that. There are there are some I, can, I feel like, Cantonese. Yeah, let's say I feel like scenes, some of it was in um, Cantonese. The yeah, main thing okay. that I noticed was uh, whenever he says his wife's name, because his wife's name is Wing Sing in Cantonese, but it's Yang Cheng in Mandarin. Okay, so like yeah. I heard him say Wing Sing, and then the the subtitle said Yang Cheng. So like, oh, okay. I and like when kinda, he's fighting like the the Hungar guy, like that's in Cantonese, and Yun Wuping is cool. speaking in Cantonese, and yeah, there's a few <laughs> other spots. It's yeah, it's but yeah, it's um, it, yeah, it's really um, yeah, just beautiful language, uh, regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, Gong Er is introduced around this time in the film, and this is Zhang Ziyi, and um, she plays the daughter of Master Gong, and um, it's really cool how they um her her drive in this film and her relationship with her father um right away you you see that he acknowledges her skills in the martial arts but he also says to her that as a woman she doesn't have a place in the martial arts world and he like wants her to become a doctor so um you've got this really kind of tragic i don't know like she's a gifted person but there's no way that she'll be rewarded for her gift. And uh, that struggle really drives her throughout the film. And yeah, it, it's it's super good. I also Which is kind of similar that, to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, actually. Yeah. And what I was going to say, too, is that, uh, you know, Crouching Tiger, that's what, 2000? Yeah. This movie's 2013. And she doesn't look like she's aged one day. No, she looks amazing. Goodness. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> Yeah, she wears it, some balling outfits in this. Uh, oh in this my movie gosh, too. amazing! Yeah, especially like the, when we get to the like the Russian Siberian. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All the scenes in the oh, snow man. are great because we really don't like. I mean, Hong Kong is a very you know very temperate kind of place, very humid, right, hot. Right. 
so we don't see a lot of snow and, and cold parts in a lot of these movies so it's really cool to get to see some of that yeah, yeah. totally so now we're set up we can see Ipman making his way through the masters to meet with uh gong yu chang and uh, yeah this is really cool did, i could did almost... you guys have a favorite of these encounters Oh man, uh, oh. I love Sister San, the first, the uh, the lady. Oh, yeah, she's awesome. I think I, I like, would say I, that too. I I wish I could watch a whole movie about her. <laughs> like, well, right. it's cool. They almost kind of depicted as though uh, she's like representing all of the ladies at the brothel. Like, mm-hmm. and it's as it's almost as though they're all kind of they're all kind of versed in the martial art. I got that too. I, that. I thought it was really cool because she says how her style is underhanded style and. Yeah. Um, I like their play um, back and forth. He's like, hey, like, no need to damage. Oh, yeah, actually, I think I did write some of this here. What did I? Yeah, he makes a joke with her when she tries to strike him in the groin. He says, it's just practice. No need to smash the ancestral tablets. <laughs> yeah. Referring oh, to man, himself. That's amazing, yeah. <laughs> and wow. she says, I've done that many times before. No big deal. Bagua is underhanded. <laughs> yeah. But, and she kind of, um, she tells him that it's almost like a warning. She's like, just so you know, like, yeah, Bagua is underhanded. And it's, and it's almost also like the takeaway that she, that she wants to leave with him for like going into this fight. It's like, basically don't be afraid to be underhanded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really cool. Really cool. Uh, the next master that he encounters, actually, I might say that this guy's my favorite because um, his name is Master Rui and he practices Jingyi and um, oh, he compares his scene. fist yeah. to a spear, which I always like these comparisons to. Um, you use fist like a sharp spear. Drill. Chop. Cross. Blast. And they have like him doing this demo in silhouette. You know, he's played by this older man and um, the silhouette, it just makes it look so much more powerful to me. Yeah. And I think of Zingyi kind of like uh, Wing Chun in a way, like it's like a close counters thing, but it's more of like these super impactful attacks. Well, and, and the, um, the actor has like this Quanta King quality. Um, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really. Just, yeah. And the thing that I love about this interaction is like their fight is literally like just one move. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, they get all the information they need from each other in one interaction. Yeah. He attacks and Ipman reflects it. And uh, it, this is kind of like an Ipman 3 where he's his eyes are closed and he just uses his instincts to deflect it. And uh, that's all they needed. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. I love that. God, there's some really, I've got to say the... Uh, the approach with the sound design is extremely unique in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, I mean, similar to to the visual style, it's this interesting collage of very like high fidelity, close, realistic sounding impacts, and then these almost like musical sounds like scraping of cymbals and other mm-hmm. kinds of like percussion, and then we'll have these moments where the sound drops out completely, and it's just like really really stunning and we have one of those teeny little moments here and then another beautiful silent fight when um he finally faces master gong so after he kind of gets all of these kind of acquires all these new skills that's whenever he gets has this kind of this kind of interesting fight with uh, master gong where mm-hmm. master gong is like he he's holding this little cake thing and basically says you know you've are you going to break this cake kind of symbolizing breaking the South 
the southern tradition from the northern tradition and the whole fight is kind of centered around him like holding this cake out and like touching it and not touching it and it's kind of a weird fight <laughs> it's different because it's almost like dancing more than like a fight fight yeah really and you can tell that it's um it's um, it's almost like some kind of metaphoric contest. Yeah, and it's like Itman's supposed to understand what, like, what's really being asked of him. Um, and yeah, and and also yeah, I just love the the silence of it. It's really kind of un- yeah, kind of took my breath away. Um, watching it the first time. Yeah, it's like a battle of wits instead of what you'd expect, where two masters finally get to encounter each other. They're exchanging philosophy. Master Gong really just wants to know Ip Man's perspective on the world right, regarding right. martial arts. And um, yeah, he is won over. He uh, realizes that Ip Man isn't really concerned with North and South. He's more concerned about martial arts as a whole. And um I like how they uh, do this like totally Zen thing at the end where the cookie breaks at the end. It's like, yeah. oh, the cookie broke, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's it's so funny. It's so and it's cool because uh, it's well, yeah, it's also it's like Ipman was had already been kind of the victor like by that point. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's just this extra little stage that it's because it seemed like he chose to not break the cookie. It's like he was like trying to save save face um or something and then the fact that it's like he's still yeah he's like still accomplished that after all <laughs> what i like yeah. is like you know how him and gong er's relationship kind of develops throughout the film yeah this is almost like when you meet your father-in-law for the first <laughs> time and you're like i have to choose my words wisely like <laughs> i don't know what yeah. this guy is like <laughs> right it's cool I, it's like little does he know and and i love how Wong kar wai has staged this because gong er is actually watching this from the outside she's peering through a window and we learn later in the film that that's actually how she initially learned martial arts um, oh yeah watching, that's right watching her fa- father oh, yeah. and, and he actually frames it in almost the exact um the exact same angles too nice pickup thing i mm-hmm. didn't even think of that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's cool too years. because she's everyone is happy about this pretty much except for her right. like everyone else is cool with you know passing it down him taking the the reins i guess um yeah she's basically like he wasn't even worthy to interact with you yeah. you know that's that's her positioning uh, but so she essentially challenges uh, Itman, saying that he's, she's going to invite him to a banquet, which they all kind of know is basically a euphemism for a challenge, for challenging him to a fight. <laughs> yeah. There's one There's one great line that one of the guys said uh, that's that the, the martial arts world has four taboos, monks, oh, Taoist, right. uh, monks, Taoist priests, women, and children. <laughs> they should avoid fighting <laughs> yeah, any of them. Yeah, avoid all of them. There's I also really like that the uh, martial arts style that they talk about Gong Er and Gong Yutian using is kind of this hybrid style that you find out is mixed of Jingyi and Bagua, and they yeah. call it the 64 hands, which is, yeah, really cool. damn, that's such a good name for a martial arts style. Oh, it's, I love it. It's so great, <laughs> and it's, yeah, I love the that as like a running thread for, for these two characters. There was also um, a quick scene uh earlier on in the rain where we first meet um this really awesome character i don't know his name but he he's kind of dressed like a sherpa and always has this monkey um, yeah his name is john <laughs> oh john yeah, yeah he's uh, he's, he's amazing um 
but yeah, he, he's he like a like sort of bodyguard character. Yeah, for the Gong family. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the banquet sequence. Um, this might be my favorite scene of the movie. I mean, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to pick. There Ooh, some really outstanding. Yeah, it's hard for me to pick, man. <laughs> um, but it's just it's staged in this beautiful theatrical way, and um, Wong Kar Wai just kind of enjoys this this framing of Tony and Jiangxi sitting opposite each other. And it, you just, you feel something, you feel some kind of, uh, some kind of energy here. And, um, they're all being very patient and very mannered about this banquet and what it, uh, what it might mean. But it's, it's clear as they start talking that, um, like you were saying, Matthew, this isn't really a banquet. This, um, this will be another, you know, martial contest um, for her to kind of defend her family name. And um, she has an interesting line about like, oh, the all of the decorate, it's a pity because all these decorations are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tony Zitman says something about like, well, this is about precision. And if if even one item is, is damaged, um, you know, then you'll be the victor and uh, I'll pay for it or something like that. And I can Isn't hear, cool? I can hear you oh. whooping off screen going, oh man. <laughs> come on yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> but it's such a cool premise for a fight oh, it's and a it's, great premise and yeah the way and this... he i mean yeah mr wuping really kind of uh outdoes himself in this in this scene under those limitations yeah it just the fight just explodes between the two of them they're uh i don't know it's like 12 or 14 moves in their first interaction and the way that it's framed you can see it's like a dance but it's almost yeah. like this high speed dance like um i don't know like professional like it's ballroom like, dance yeah, or something yeah, yeah totally <laughs> yeah the fo- especially Jiangxi's footwork is really interesting she's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. as she's preparing her stance it's like she's gliding across the floor um mm-hmm. Yeah, both. There's a a cool beat in, um, or a little sound bite in the that featurette where they're comparing it to, uh, you know, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers and stuff, and like the like the old MGM musicals. And there really is this. I mean, there's this incredible chemistry here. It's if you haven't seen uh, 2046, Jiangxi is also. Um, mm-hmm. has a minor part in 2046 and they do have this romantic tryst her and Tony and it's it's yeah funny kind of thinking of those those scenes side by side we've experienced that kind of thing in films before when we have like you know our male and female leads in a fight and maybe there's hints of some kind of romance or something but mm-hmm. it's really so powerful in this sequence it's uh Wonka Wright really emphasizes almost any contact that they make it's like there's this kind of body heat <laughs> yeah it's like a big it deal it always slows down whenever they con- come in contact that isn't like them hitting each other then it, yeah. everything slows and down there's this beautiful sequence where Jiangxi is doing this kind of like balletic leap and um Ipman's like leaning back and it's like their faces almost kind of graze across each other mm-hmm. and it's just like Oh man, it's yeah, it's super like sensual and yeah, beautiful. I wrote, I, I wrote that they're falling in kung fu love. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. I think it's very reminiscent of when uh, Chao Yun Fat and Zhang Ziyi are fighting in the trees in yeah. Crouching yeah. Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Those sh- slow shots of just their faces passing across the screen between the blades of uh, between the leaves of the trees. I, I really got that. And I also like would say like even in their physical interactions, like their punches and 
you know, their contact, it almost looks like they're trading energy. It doesn't look like they're attacking right, right. each other. It looks like they're sharing this energy of the fight that they're experiencing. And then it escalates where they fall down um, towards a staircase. And this is kind of the the final set of moves where um they're fighting on the staircase and it looks like she's about to fall and he kind of does a move to kind of save her fall right and she recovers from it but then in doing so he damages one of the steps so it's this interesting outcome of this match where if he hadn't done that maybe she would have been injured but also he lost the match right and neither Mm -hmm. of them really point to it or can really say anything about it Mm -hmm. And it's like the perfect way to end this, you know, kind of fight, but also this like super sensual interaction between them. It's like it leaves you wanting more. And they're basically chasing after that moment throughout the rest of the film. And I just think it's mastercraft in storytelling. I just I just love it. So good. (laughs) Yeah, and this, and this is our first glimpse, too, of kind of like a snowy landscape because, you know, uh, Gong-Ur is like going back to the north. But I, I'm with you, Matthew. It's like I've never quite seen it depicted this way. And I love how it almost has this like dramatic fairy tale quality to it. It's like going to the north is like going to like another realm of Westeros yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, in China, it's that large, like um, really. Oh, yeah. No, China is a massive yeah. country. It's just the... <laughs> Every all of the big parts of China we see in movies is you know one of three big cities. And, yeah, and that's yeah, pretty much it. exactly. So it's like yeah, North is kind of a vague um, description, yeah. Uh, but yeah. And so then we introduce this idea that they kind of can't stop thinking about each other, and there's this correspondence. Um, but of course, as we know, you know, Ipman is is married, and um, yeah, I, there's <laughs> there's something really fascinating about. Yeah, what they're kind of touching on with those with those themes. I also like in this, um, at least in in this uh, American version, how they visualize the letters. They kind of yeah. have oh, like a, yeah. it's almost like a silent film where they have like yes. a separate mm-hmm. uh, like text card. And it's which I will say, obviously, yeah. that I'm sure that looks a lot nicer whenever you can read Mandarin or I guess just Chinese because it's the same. Whenever you can read Chinese, I'm sure it's a lot nicer than having to look at it, be like, oh, hey, that's a cool shot. Oh, wait, I need to go back and see what that actually said on the subtitles. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I would also say that, you know, this is kind of a a theme that Wong Kar Wai has played with in other films as well. Yeah, for you sure. Know, like in the mood for love and, you know, this these things, this relationship and betrayal and stuff like that. So. Yeah, and yeah I the think tension it's, and it's, it's framed like what really might well. like separate like yeah the forces of separation and that kind of love or yeah because he's that. getting like um Ipman's ha- has this coat it's like a winter coat basically so it kind of represents like him wanting to leave to the north and um what ends up happening is we are right on the cusp of Japan taking Foshan. So um, he ends up having to sell that coat, but he ends up keeping a button like kind of as a memento. Yeah, You I could see that. that him not being able to let go of those feelings for Gong-Er. That's really cool. And it's also like a secret that he can easily maintain. It's like no one but me like knows what this button means. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also, yeah. The the next little bit in the movie, I I feel kind of I felt kind of bad afterwards when I realized kind of what it was. But we see Itman getting a picture with his family 
and then we see the picture <laughs> hanging up on the wall and then there's a huge explosion from behind the picture and it's, like, yeah. it just comes out of nowhere and it, it I, I hate funny. that it kind of made me laugh because it's like oh that's the japanese invading and horrible war and people dying yeah <laughs> And they represented in the in this film for a short amount of time, but it's a lot more brutal than uh, what you got in the Ipman movies, mm-hmm. where it's like you'd see people starving or hardworking people down and out. This one is just straight up. You hear bombing and yeah. airplanes yeah. flying above, and the whole house is shaking, mm-hmm. and you get the sense of war. And I like it. It's a kind of it's a very simple image, but Wong Kar Wai uses this idea of. The Japanese troops taking a photo in the same spot that we just saw Ipman taking a photo yeah. with his family, and um, they touched on that in Ipman one that he has to give up his home to um, to the Japanese army, uh, which happens again here. But yeah, there's something about that, and also that the soldiers. Uh, I like how he doesn't really depict them as villains. It's like, oh, like here's like a happy group of soldiers, but they just happen to be Japanese occupiers. Um, I don't know, like like we've been saying, there are all these interesting kind of kind of details. Um, but yeah, we experience the occupation in a very kind of uh, fluid montagey way. But like we've been saying, like that's kind of the style of almost the entire movie. So it's not as though we're really kind of frozen in time and then we go to these speedy montages. Like really the entire film has that kind of elusive yeah, elusive tempo to it. Or no, what? Oh, yeah. Well, I was looking. The literal translation of the title is really interesting. It's, it's like, like first ancestral master. teacher of a generation. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah, so I love that. Like, that's that's cool. And and I think taking that in, it's like that could easily refer to Gong Er. I and I also think that the title. This is the Carlos hot take. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think the title, the Grandmaster, isn't referring to Ipman. It's referring to her. That's yeah. I kind of took it that way too. Yeah, that's what I think. Okay. I, maybe it's not a hot take. I got. You. I mean, I, I, I didn't think it's about warm. that. It's warm. It's not. It's yeah. not a cold take. Yeah, <laughs> icy cold take. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we get uh Ipman in Hong Kong, and right away you see that he's um uh, trying to start a school, and he's um having to deal with some young punks. Uh. But what I love here is in this interaction, this young guy's kind of questioning Ipman and Ipman all he really says is uh have you had lunch I had barbecue pork and rice you should wait a little don't want to waste it waste it and then when they finally fight in one move he makes him puke up his food <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's great I love it <laughs> yeah we don't uh, we yeah. we don't get as as many like quippy super cool badass moves in this as we see in some other movies but the few that we have really really stand out yeah they pack a couple in right here and we get to see another face that we saw in the itman films and lo Meng plays kind of this um local thug and they're trying to uh muscle itman and he takes it to them and he says this really cool line too he's like um all i need are eight kicks and they're like what yeah that's and great. um <laughs> the door gets closed behind them and he's like, uh, Lo Man can't believe it. He's like, you're in trouble, man. And he's like counting out every time he kicks a guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, he's holding up his fingers. Yeah. yeah, that's probably the closest that we get to something like a, that and maybe the opening rain scene is like a 
a kind of group fight along the lines of like the Donnie movies. Yeah, totally. And this is like what I was saying, how this, this it man's more of a smart ass. And I like that a lot. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's fun. <laughs> also, this might be a good time to point out, he looks a lot like Barack Obama. <laughs> Like like a yeah. lot. Oh wow, totally. <laughs> I totally thought so too. And it was funny because we didn't even communicate this to each other. I made like an image and I posted it on our little uh Discord chat and um and Matthew's like, dude, I wrote that in my notes and I'm like, Whoa, that's awesome. It's actually it's this it's this specific scene right here, right after he fights the the punks where he's kind of like staring at the ground. I'm gonna fight you with sex kick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah. Where Got he lays out folks. his he lays yeah. out his plan for for kicking America into shape. And <laughs> no, he's he's like kick America again. That, that <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I know a while back, um, Warren, uh, our friend of the show, it he did like a Shepherd Fairy like style Wonk Fei Hung. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah! You could almost do this with this Ipman because mm-hmm. he already looks like Obama. <laughs> he does. Yeah, and there's this scene where he's where he's um, smoking with his other master in Hong Kong, and he's just whenever the the shots of just him kind of staring at the ground, he looks Dude. very similar to Obama in those specific shots. Yeah, and I love that too. Like where they're talking, it's a narration by Ipman. He's saying like. Every interaction is kind of like a challenge, basically. And this becomes a challenge in itself. They're just sitting at a, at a restaurant and the t- there's a master with him, a Tai Chi master, and he's going to light a cigarette. And even that interaction turns into like this Kung Fu thing. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, there's this cool, super duper close up shot of the cigarette like smoldering as the match lights it. Mm-hmm. And shortly after this, we get, I think this is my personal favorite character. Um, they call him Razor in the film. <laughs> oh, and man. He's, a, they're yeah, he's talking like about, Sweeney Todd of Hong Kong. Yeah, totally. Um, they're talking about all these crazy characters that have shown up mm-hmm. because everybody's on the run yeah. from, uh, you know, the occupation. So there's all these mysterious figures. And um, yeah, Razor's played by Chang Chen, who was Dark Cloud in... Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So um, this is kind of cool seeing Zhang Ziyi and mm. her, you know, lover yeah. from Crouching yeah. Tiger, Hidden Dragon in this film. But um, he's really awesome because he practices uh, Baji Kwan, which is like this hard hitting, like elbow, like shoulder kind of attack style. And I know that from fighting games. So like there's mm. always like probably... Any fighting game that has like a big roster will have one character that kind of fights in this style. And I think of Akira from Virtual Fighter. So you can picture him like dashing with elbows or like, mm-hmm. I guess, kind of like a Paul Phoenix or something like that from Tekken. Yeah, He's, that's it looks oh, really nice. cool. But this Razor character a, could totally be a fighting game character. Like with he a, could have like, like, like a barber movie, aesthetic, really cool straight Razor. Too. Is the suit well, there's, and the mustache. There's that great line about like the music that he's longing to hear. I want to hear it. This priceless sound. Yeah, it's I, I love how they uh they handle this fight with Itman and he has this like very simple how would you even describe the weapon? It's almost like a nail. Uh, it's like I thought I mean the one that I, I thought guess he was using nails. like metal chopsticks. That's what I thought too, is metal oh, okay. chopsticks. Nice. They have a chain wow. connecting the two, but as far as I know, I thought that's what they were. Oh, yeah. But yeah, sure that, that's right. They're playing like this opera music mm-hmm. when when they're going to fight. That's really cool, yeah. too. There are a lot of instances. We haven't mentioned the 
the composer. His name is Shigeru Umebayashi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who I believe... Who I almost only know from Chinese films. Yeah, he's yeah, in a lot of Chinese yeah. films. He did the score for Fearless, actually. Yeah, Thank you. yeah. yeah that's what it was. Done. And he yep. also did and, 2046 and... Um, he, yeah, he did a little bit of music a in, times. in the mood for love. Yeah, but there's yeah, and, there's a few composers uh, listed listed here, and I think um, at least like yeah, one of the pieces was probably like temp music that Wang uh, Karwai <laughs> was really into. But then I they, totally can see that because yeah, I think he kind of works that way. But mm-hmm. and even Umebayashi uses tracks that he's composed in older films. Um, ah, you'll see them credited on the track listing in the soundtrack. So oh, I did cool. a little bit of homework and found oh, like cool. he reused some um, like composition uh, that he worked on on like the movies from the eighties. Oh, nice. Was that was that yeah. when um, Gong Er is like as a child watching her dad train? That was a really beautiful. I think cue. that might be one of them. There are two tracks, and I actually think. The train fight might have some material that's used oh, in sure. a, oh, um, nice. from an older film. Oh, there's yeah. another character in Hong Kong that Ip Man runs into, the old Tai Chi master. who Right, um, the, the cigarette. Yeah, thing. who he's meeting outside for tea with a cigarette. Yeah, I love that that little scene and he's he's a little bit of an older gentleman and he's feeling kind of nostalgic and he says something like oh if this had been 20 years ago like we could have had yeah. a really great spar. Um, <laughs> it's like uh, but yeah, it's a yeah, really cool uh, character. But um, uh, yeah, going back to uh, like our razor on uh, chopstick fight, it's <laughs> it's another really short confrontation ultimately. And after this moment of impact, they're both swinging their blades. We don't really see what happens. Wong Kar Wai cuts to all of the observers and. Yeah, it's like you're curious as to what's gone on, but it's like their blades have met each other. But when the straight razor is like um, scraping against the the chopstick, I guess it's like oh, that's right. when you get that note, and that's when it's yeah. He says something about it. it's like that was the music he had been like mm-hmm. longing to hear. Um, yeah, and so they kind of that's... weave as almost like uh, friendly rivals or something. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, I think you said it, Matthew, right? People think he's like an assassin or something. He has like a, a yeah. past life he's running from. <laughs> Man. And he looks so badass with the slicked hair oh, and so the nice cool. suit. Like and it's crazy how much, again, with the attention to detail, how much detail and backstory and, you know, character building they do. And this guy literally enters and exits the movie within three minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it just makes you want more mm-hmm. though. And that's it's what kinda, I really it's like. It's kind of like the TIE fighter from the TIE fighter. <laughs> the Thai boxer from uh, Itmon 3. <laughs> um, okay, so following this, we have a scene with uh, Master Gong and Masan. And um, what he's talking about here is like the final move, like your secret ultimate technique, yeah. which is something I can't get enough of. <laughs> and I love that it's called it's called the old monkey hangs up his badge. <laughs> and um, they're addressing this like he's he's been taught this move already. And um, but the old master says, like, do you know the key to it? And Masan says he wasn't sure. So this kind of turns into this thing where it's like an actual move where the description that he tells him is like the key to the move, but it's also this philosophical thing. So it's like, I guess the key to this move is turning away, but the philosophical side of it is like, 
looking back. Yeah. You know? And it's like such a genius thing. It's like so nerdy and so stupid, but like <laughs> awesome at the same time. Yeah, totally. Like, that it's like he kind of dismisses it because he thinks it's like the philosophical ramblings of an old man. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you get that, yeah. So you get this thing where um, Masan, you'll find out, is um, collaborating with the Japanese. Yeah, this whole and, thing is kind of framed by Itmon visiting Gong Er in the, the present day of the you know the early fifties, and this is flashing back to the early Japanese occupation. Yeah, and um, so he ends up doing that final technique in one interaction with Masan, and he throws him out and casts him away as the successor, and yeah. uh, that's like the final act that he does before he passes away. So. At that moment, he casts him out, and he also dies. And that's also where you get to see uh, Jiang again with his, his monkey, monkey and his sword. He threatens his people <laughs> with the swords like five times in this movie, which I love. Yeah, and you you don't know much about him, but you do get the sense that he he's willing to go as far as he needs to mm-hmm. to protect you know, the family that he yeah. serves. And do you know what kind of monkey it is? It's, I love. Oh man! I don't oh, that's that I should have looked that up. But yeah, he's he's a good monkey. Good monkey actor. <laughs> yeah, really good movie monkey. Not credited and now, on Hong Kong Movie Database. Oh, okay, oh, actually, man. I guess I don't know, because there are a bunch of names on the bottom that don't have roles next to them, so one of those oh, might be a monkey. So Nice. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I like how they, how they credit some character actors in the on HKMDB where it's like Shaw Brothers number 57. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This will be monkey number 183. <laughs> this is monkey number one for me. He, he's <laughs> not, monkey number one in my heart. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, and now we get this iconic funeral scene mm-hmm. yeah. where there's this extremely long procession, longer than any train you'll ever see. Mm. And it's uh, crossing across this, uh, you know, winter, like this tundra mm-hmm. landscape. And what happens here is Masan sends his own uh, group to join the 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 procession but uh jiang is sent ahead to uh he basically threatens them like get out of here and he like destroys the sign that they've brought with them Mm -hmm. and they walk through the procession looks so cool they've got these huge staffs with these kind of uh, tassels at the top so there's like this very windy scene with the tassels streaming across and everybody dressed in white, which yeah. is like the Chinese color for yeah. mourning. And, and yeah. Almost death. everything in this shot or every, almost everything in this scene is black or white, but mainly white. Uh, Cause like all of their, their a- clothes are kind of accented with black or like the pole that he cuts is black and white wrapped around the pole. And it's snowing everywhere with like ice and stuff in the background. It's a beautiful shot. Yeah. And yeah, also just, um, yeah, Chung-Si's portrayal here. Um, I mean, yeah, I think she's just, she's just stellar across the whole movie, but, um, yeah, she's able to, I mean, like what, what all great screen actors do, which is like with like the subtlest facial expression, um, it's as though they're conveying all kinds of really specific emotion. And yeah, there's something just about how like nobly she's like marching on with like the, you know, the grave tablet for her father and it's just. <laughs> and oh, oh yeah we should also say yeah this is or maybe we did but like this is all within this is contained within a flashback yeah, after yeah. um mm-hmm. after Ipman and Gong Er have like reunited mm-hmm. um, yeah 
So this is like her telling the story of what happened, how her father died, and as we're going to see now, how she kind of kind of gets her revenge like, in a, in a way on oh man yeah on Masan oh and, man yeah uh, they they say more like Masen in the in the movie but okay. it looks like Masan I don't I don't mm. completely know you know <laughs> I feel like I, yeah. I I know it's just because of the way that like the the tones and everything with Chinese but I do feel like it's a lot harder to read Romanized Chinese accurately as it is with Romanized Japanese. Because I feel like Romanized yeah. Japanese, yeah, as yeah. long as you kind That's of true. know what it looks like, then then you got it. But right. yeah, it's all syllabic. Yeah. So, but with yeah, Chinese, yeah. it's way more varied. Yeah, I love that stuff. It's oh, it's fascinating. Yeah. But you know, as yeah. a dumb American, it makes it harder for me to say. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so We're Gong, just, Gong yeah. Er runs into another like a uh, kind of gender roadblock, which is that uh, he won't even see her for a confrontation because because she's a woman mm. essentially um but to, so, right, yeah. to get her revenge she kind of vows basically vows to buddha that if she can get her revenge then she'll never marry she won't do kung fu right. ever again and, and so she goes to this train station and we get this kind of iconic fight scene in the train station oh, man yeah so like for amazing. me like nothing beats this yeah, this, yeah. The, this is just yeah it's dripping with atmosphere all the tension that's been building up and her drive in this film and how how focused she is on this revenge and the payoff that you get of the actual fight it just is the best <laughs> it's so good to me it i mean i couldn't make the fighting game comparison again but really it's like <laughs> what a cool environment to fight like it's like her versus him in a train station there's a steam engine that's blowing all the steam yeah. in front of them and behind them and as they're fighting the train begins to move and that becomes a hazard in the fight it's that's a very simplified way mm. to describe this yeah. fight and you couldn't watch this fight on youtube i think the annapurna the film company that released the movie in the u.s has this fight but without the context of everything else it's not as good to me. Mm. I mean, it's still amazing. And I think it might be one of my like top five fights on film. Like yeah, I really totally, high up there. I could totally but, see that. Yeah, but without that buildup and without the context of the rest of the film, you lose that emotional impact of her ripping that legacy back, you know, that, that Masan has stolen from her father and from her. Yeah. It's yeah, it's too good. Mm -hmm. I love what in the um in the featurette, uh, Elvis Mitchell, I think is his name, the uh, film critic, he kind of compares it to it. It's almost bringing together like the sensibility of Crouching Tiger with like Doctor Zhivago or some like classic. Oh, oh um, cool! Yeah, classic kind of like Russian placed uh, film, and yeah, it's I I'm totally with you. It it's just an incredible dance between Wong Kar Wai's perspective the cinematography the editing what yun Ping has put together these performers and it's it all it it's all like thematically on point and like elevates uh the theme here which is it's like the the commitments that these characters have and that they're basically ha the the momentum that they're following through with it's it's kind of beyond them and it has to do with like the elder generation and neither of them are like really fighting for themselves um, mm -hmm. yeah good point and it's yeah there's another cool quote 
that um, someone says on that featurette where, and earlier he had described, he's like, Yun Ping is like the Mozart of martial arts choreography. And he said, <laughs> and this uh, this train fight is his symphony number 40 in G minor. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, oh, that's amazing. To- yeah, yeah right. totally, totally agree. And there's uh, throughout the movie, I would say a lot of the fight scenes have, it's it's quicker cuts than maybe some of what what we're used to. Um, but I think the train sequence lets lets moments play on a little bit longer than some of the other areas of the film. Mm-hmm. The one kind of funny thing in the fight is, uh, as you were saying before, the train the train kind of becomes a hazard in the fight, and this train is impossibly long. <laughs> yeah, like like it's going <laughs> yeah, at full speed through the station for like a solid minute. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> And again, that kind of plays with the whole kind of magical realism that we see in uh, a lot of the movie. Uh, yeah, that's there's good. so many amazing shots of like the like the snow flying up in the air. They're both wearing these amazing coats and these big. Yeah, they're hats. in this winter garb. Yeah, and you're right. There's like just enough snow on the ground to give more weight to their movement. And it adds to the flavor of, you know, any kind of roundhouse kick or any kind of swinging motion. There's a like this slight spray of snow. So you've got that snow and you got the mist from the train and you got them in these winter outfits. You know, he's got like this kind of Chinese uh, shirt, but it's really puffy because, you know, it's insulated and he's got this kind of puffy hat and she's got this high collared fur like cowl Mm. yeah her movements like those bagua like hand movements were these sharp hands but this kind of swinging uh outward motions like make it look really cool and Yeah. yeah i just i love there's like these zoom in shots like of her just like doing her pose and it's like zooming in tight on her and with the mist passing around her and then there's a one shot like towards the uh end of the fight where they're both leaping forward and the camera is zooming in kind of on the center focal point between them yeah just seeing them leaping towards each other uh looks so Mm. good and yeah so what ends up happening in the fight is they're trading blows and the train starts to leave um he ends up almost pinning her to the train as it's moving right and she ends up evading and she ends up using that uh, uh supreme technique the right. monkey that, hangs yeah, that he didn't really over. fully understand yeah by turning right away. and they even like play it musically where when she turns away you see just kind of like this slow-mo shot of her turning with her eyes facing forward and you get like this musical kind of yeah. strike signifying this was the special <laughs> like movement that he didn't understand right. and um and he actually makes impact with the moving train yeah it's so crazy and uh yeah that that's her stealing back this uh, uh legacy mm-hmm. of the 64 hands that's that's yeah. probably my favorite line of the movie is uh, oh, my yeah. son's on the ground and says you know i return the gong family legacy to you and she says let's be clear it wasn't returned. I took it back myself. And then she yeah. walks oh, away. It's amazing. Yeah. And oh, yeah. He, his acting is incredible. You know, this is this is the kind of sequence. And honestly, before seeing this film, I wasn't sure if it could really be done. But I imagine even someone that's like wary of uh, action cinema and like kung fu 
uh, kung fu films and uh, martial arts fights in movies, I feel like like just watching this film from beginning to end, like they would be completely compelled by this sequence, just like in terms of um, the language of cinema and invested in these characters and the relationship here. It's like, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's really saying something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, oh man, actually one of my favorite shots of the whole film, it's, it's, it's horrific in a way, but also like strangely beautiful. She returns home and she's, really wounded from the fight and as uh she enters her house she's like propping up against this window that divides these two rooms and she coughs blood on the window Mm -hmm. and it's like it's just really shocking seeing it seeing it happen because there's not too terribly much blood throughout this movie right and it's and yeah and the the color is so striking compared to how relatively monochromatic this this location is but there's something about the planes of that window and the blood and the staging of it. It's like, yeah, it's it's beautiful, but just, yeah, just terrible too because, you know, it, it speaks like the end for this character um, in a way. Yeah, so because of the injuries she suffered uh, in this fight, she's taking up opium, which is, uh, you know, a very common thing that people succumb to. And actually... In a way, this might be addressing Ipman's life because he was known to uh, use opium and um, that was kind of a contributing factor to his health uh, towards his later years. Yeah. And so it's interesting now trying to kind of put the chronology back together. Um, So when Ipman found her again in Hong Kong and, you know, she was telling her bodyguard that, you know, she can't be with him because she made this vow this is the vow she made to Buddha, even though she's already claimed revenge for her father and all that's over, she's going to stay faithful to that vow. Um, and you have to imagine the combination of everything she's gone through and also just being face-to-face with Ipman again and really knowing that she she loves it. She loves this guy. Um, it seems like that's kind of what's driving her to, to opium because you don't have the sense that... Um, she's she's really abusing any drugs like when he first meets her in hong kong mm-hmm. um anyways that's just kind of how i kind of interpreted the the timeline of things but um jung si's acting is yeah in- incredible here in some of these these final scenes when it months kind of confronting her and just the way she's playing this like this brokenness and yeah that the emptiness that she has from yeah just everything she's been through and and the drug abuse and yeah, some of my right. favorite lines of dialogue are, are in this here. It's she's kind of deteriorating and she's losing some of her memories and stuff. And something that Ipman had been kind of playfully asking her about, and it it seemed really this was maybe kind of code for just wanting to see her again, was that um, he wanted to witness the sixty four hands. And like towards the end of this conversation, she says like, sixty four hands. I've forgotten them. <laughs> it was like, oh man, it just hit me so hard. Um, yeah. And she looks like a ghost of herself. Really she's, does, yeah. She's much more pale and she's sporting this like bright red lipstick. Yeah. And uh, when she's looking, like you almost see like she's just looking off into the distance. She's not engaged. Even though all the words that she's saying are so meaningful and she confesses basically confesses her love to him 
um, yeah. you still get the sense that, you know, she's she's already lost. Right. Oh, man, just scrubbing through this, he totally looks like Barack Obama. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, you're totally right. That's so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, he, he kind of wants to, cause he kind of believes in this, the whole passing down the style that master gong said <laughs> and that he puts down the button we saw earlier and she says, Oh, I forgot him. So like, oh, yeah. well, we'll and she it. returns yeah. that button. Yeah. Cause he had given it to her and told her what it represented. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, it's kind of like a final act that she gives it back to him. Mm-hmm. So then after that, you get this really heartwarming flashback of her as a child and her explaining that her father, as a Jingyi practitioner, was practicing uh, Bagua in secret and he wouldn't let anybody see him practice. But yeah. she's uh, watching him in the courtyard as a child. And um, another visually stunning scene where yeah, um, he's practicing in the snowy field and every forceful movement he does kind of sends this uh, spray of snow and moisture towards the trees all around him they look like cherry blossom trees Mm. yeah and he's wearing like this kind of brown i mean blue like dark blue coat uh in the middle of this white expanse so then after that he sees that she's training out there as a little kid and it's really cute but yeah just like of her own volition yeah yeah you see her movements look very intentional and Mm. he realizes the skill that she has and there's a she says something like he said like basically whatever she would study she'd be a master at and um this was one of the things even though it was something that the martial arts world wouldn't recognize her for i think that's that might be another really another nod towards the title being gong er's title you know Mm -hmm. Um, that she does have this she has this potential mastery in her um that you know that her father sees there's also another a beautiful sequence <laughs> for whatever reason it reminded me a little bit of the street fighter 2 movie <laughs> just because yes. the training in the woods but um <laughs> and she's as a grown woman she's uh and she's also wearing the kind of like russian winter gear uh she's like practicing all her bagua forms and then she sees her father like looking at her approvingly and then um one car like cuts from that to this title card that that explains that um that she died yeah and they explain that she's um just like her father she's never lost a fight and um that was something they would say earlier in the film and that was one of the reasons why she didn't want him to encounter itman to begin with she was like uh basically he's an older man now and he's uh risking that perfect record right but yeah it's man i love the um and I suppose like the Hong Kong productions of like the seventies through nineties, maybe just weren't in a position to do this, but I love how the North is always depicted with snow in the grandmaster. And it's like, it's just, I mean, it's visually beautiful, but it's also just this really strong image and it kind of helps sell the idea of just how separated these people feel from each other. And yeah. It's just not something we ever, we ever see in classic Hong Kong cinema. Yeah. And it looks really cool. I do think of something like One Armed Swordsman, like Jimmy Wang. You, oh, sure, like, yeah, stuff, stuff like that. But then I think of like the Shaw Brothers, Bright Red Blood <laughs> on the <Yeah>. snow. <laughs> but you're right; it's it's visually stunning, and it's honestly something that would be much more welcome, mm-hmm. you know, instead yeah, of the totally. the standard fare that we're used mm-hmm. to. Just mix things yeah. up. 
yeah, this this kind of leads to the the final kind of oh, I guess kind of the final like tying everything up in the movie where uh, it says that Itmon, you know, spread Wing Chun throughout the world. He taught a young Bruce Lee. We get to see another young Bruce Lee yeah. in this movie. <laughs> um, I like there was a quote. Um, uh, Wong Kar Wai in the special feature was saying like, you know, this little kid that could be Bruce Lee or that could be me as a kid or that could be someone else. And I like that he he's tr- it's almost like he's suggesting it's like, I'm sure you'll you'll interpret this to be Bruce Lee, but I won't lean so hard yeah. on it so that it could only be only be. Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he flashes back to his childhood. And that's where we get the Yoon Ping cameo where he plays his master whenever he was a child. Oh, that's so cool. It, it's it's funny. The I think the closest that the Ipman films and the Grandmaster ever get is in this kind of ending piece, right? It's um, ah uh, yeah, it's a very so. similar yeah. kind of uh, montage, and I mean the text it, it kind of amounts to a similar kind of message, which is uh, emphasizing Ipman's legacy and spreading Wing Wing Chun. Um, and and yeah, and then we have. It, we cut to a couple credits and then we have like almost like a mid credit sequence. Yeah. And that's yeah. that montage thing. We Stan were Lee comes about. out and he's talking to the, <laughs> yeah. to the watcher. Superheroes with the Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> For me, I was really getting more Matrix vibes. You know, at the end oh, of the first sure. Matrix where, you know, Neo's giving his little narration. In this film, you kind of get a similar thing, but it's Ipman. And I almost yeah, and like Rage Against the Machine Ipman. plays at the end of this movie too. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. And Ipman flies up into the sky. <laughs> cool. Dude, I still think that's awesome. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh no, no, we actually, I, actually, I love the. I actually Matrix. just re- yeah. we recently rewatched it, and it's I guess it's it's still a good movie. It still holds up. Oh awesome! Yeah, just just watch the first one. <laughs> yeah, I actually yeah, never saw sure. the other ones, so. Oh my God! <laughs> you have to watch them and tell okay. me. <laughs> you have to watch them so you know. I just, you shouldn't watch just them. I love that you just went. They only watched the first one. Oh my God! You got to watch the other ones. <laughs> H- have you um Have you seen the Animatrix? I've not. That's that's another. Holy crap! Well, I was, yeah, oh I remember I was the, the Matrix was the first R-rated movie I ever saw. Actually, because remember I was pretty young when oh, it came nice. out. So oh sure, <laughs> that's so, so cool. You know, watching the VHS of my brothers is a little different than being like. Oh, I want to watch the Animatrix, you know. <laughs> Dang. Okay, I'm going to have to dig mine up. I knew that already. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but that's the that's the Grandmaster. Um, he he does not fly up in the air. It's it's just right. uh, what what's the final what's the final line that he says in the movie? Uh, uh, what's your style? Like, your that's eyes? it. Oh yeah, what's your style? What's your style? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Yeah, I, I've got to say the last like two minutes, like the kind of close. I mean, I loved seeing the Yun Ping cameo. <laughs> um, it was. Uh, I I suspect that I was feeling like the re-editing of yeah. of a different movie. Um, sure. Now now that you mention all of that with when in regards to the different versions, I have to see the other versions of the film because yeah, honestly, yeah, I do here. I do feel like after the train sequence you're kind of it kind of gets a little messy yeah like you're kind of getting what you need to get to finish the movie and i think that the train sequence is really like the apex of the film i feel like the movie could have just ended after that just her you know talking about her passing away and spreading wing chung they just cut it right there 
Yeah, I think so too. So I definitely want to see the different versions of this film. Yeah, I mean, I think blur. the flashback with her and her father is is really great. Oh, it's beautiful. Moment. It is. And so you yeah. could maybe end there. Yeah, or on, on a higher note, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but it's I mean, yeah, it's I'm still really amazing. Yeah, yeah totally. It's, I was so happy to share mm-hmm. this with you guys and oh, for man. us to talk about it today. Yeah. Thanks, dude. I enjoyed it. Well, thank you so much for listening to our little show here. If you like the show, then please leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes the Number Three Podcasts on all three of them. Thank you to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there. And Carlos, what is our training for next week? Oh, man. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a shock to me. Uh, uh, I was shocked to me. <laughs> so um, we're going to be covering <laughs> the Fist of the North Star film from 1986. So this is an animated feature based on the manga of Fist of the North Star, which is this post-apocalyptic it's like Mad Max meets Bruce Lee yeah. in all the best ways is, you can imagine. That is exactly, that's the best way to describe Fist of the North Star. I really like Fist of the yeah. North Star. Carlos really likes it and Marty doesn't know anything about it. So this will be yeah, a cool little, cool little, cool little palate cleanser for, uh, before we jump to our next arc. So yeah, I'm like really excited to cover this. <laughs> uh, awesome. So it's going to be great. So until next week, where we're taking a look at Fist of the North Star. I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. <laughs> and we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) I a shock is the stupidest (laughs) joke in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Stop. Dude, this is going to be crazy. Oh, man.